It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we move into a Wednesday primaries. Gary, how are you? I'm doing really, really good. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Although there's a way to go, it looks like we're going to have another good night. Yeah! With victories in Mississippi, Missouri, Michigan. And uh, we're uh, waiting to hear from North Dakota, Idaho, and Washington State. We need you. We want you. And there's a place in our campaign for each of you. And I want to thank Bernie Sanders and his supporters for their tireless energy and their passion. We share a common goal, and together, we'll defeat Donald Trump. We'll defeat him together. We're going to bring this nation together. Uh, Bring this nation together. Well, later on, we will talk about uh, the machine gun and misogynist malarkey from uh, uh, Biden yesterday, mm-hmm. you heard, uh, you, you saw that whole Michigan rally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's how you bring the nation together. No, no. Hey, I disagree with you. Well, you're full of. Yeah, uh, we'll come to your door and take it. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. You come to my door. The only thing I'm going to give you is malarkey. Well, you you see the thing is, I mean, he took off I, when I when I watch, and we can't play the audio because of that, mm-hmm. and, you know, because he yeah. told the. Uh, the auto worker who asked about the the Second Amendment and was specifically, you know, trying to bring up the point uh, about, uh, uh, you know, what he said mm-hmm. about bringing Beto O'Rourke on. Right. And it just when he sits, he goes, look, you're, you know, you're not uh, and, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here. He said, but you're not you know, you're not for, you know, basically the Second Amendment. Right. You're not for how the Second Amendment stands right now. Mm-hmm. And the Second Amendment allows, as we all know, allows semi-automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, rifles and pistols and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where, you know, he said, I am for the Second Amendment, and then went into the John Kerry. Boy, it's so, stop being John Kerry from 2004. I'm for hunting. I'm for hunting. All you do is tick off anybody who understands the Second Amendment. Well, I mean, you know, Biden's doing it to the extent that he named one of his sons Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> see, I'm such but, an avid hunter. My son is named Hunter. But that, the first thing I thought of is it was right out of his mouth. Yeah, when he when he was challenged on mm-hmm, it. I mean, mm-hmm. he was right out of his mouth. It wasn't like yeah. the guy was badgering him for 15 minutes, and he said, "Hey, look, you're full of." It came yeah. right out. Yeah, you're not for the Second Amendment. You're full of. Yeah, and he just when he goes, you you had better work on stage with you, right? Who wishes to confiscate the guns? I don't want to confiscate the guns. Well, he it said was, he was going to put Beto in charge of it. Exactly. And so, I mean, it's it was just, uh, the there's so many points to be made uh, on it. The one point is stop with the crap that you're going to bring the nation together again. Exactly. Because you're the last person that's going to do that. Yeah. In fact, nobody from the Democrat or Republican Party is going to do it. Stop treating us like children. And everybody out there that sits there and says we need a candidate to bring the nation together, just shut up. Exactly. Oh, wait a minute. Could you please be quiet? I mean, yeah, could the, you please be quiet and 
and and not be not be a child, not use a child's mentality in the real world <laughs> where there are major disagreements on political ideology. Yeah. In other words, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. Bill Crystal, he, he, he tweeted that video with three guys in Michigan that were going to vote Democrat. They're Republicans. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote Democrat because I, I want someone who can bring people together. <laughs> and then this came as, as soon as that video came out yesterday. You should have seen on social media. Bill Crystal, comment, comment comment and and the the thing i loved is the people that came out and said you know the the biden supporters well this is the kind of fight we need okay then it's okay for the president or a presidential candidate to swear at a constituent right so it's been okay so it was always okay for trump to do that right. is that what you're saying hmm. not the trump i don't remember trump ever doing that to anybody by the way tell me one person in 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 the nation in the nation's history that brought people together i know it's it's just it's a as who hey who do I have to quote now? Right, hmm. my dad. Okay, people, John McNamara. Everybody. People wish to be BS. Yes, they do. As he told me as a fourteen year old, you're going to find out that people want to be BS. And I said, no, Dad, you're wrong. People want the truth, and they wish to. And he goes, no, no, you're going to find out. People want to be BS, and the more you BS them, the more they suck it up. Mm-hmm. And it is it is really really true, oh, Dad. I'm sorry I ever doubted you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it, it is um, uh, the the entire uh, process here is is so flawed. If you think about it, I mean, well, the process isn't flawed. It's been distorted. You know, if if you get into the Bernie thing, and Bernie's Bernie is Bernie. You know, look at Michigan in 2016. He beat Hillary in Michigan, right? Bernie beat Hillary in Michigan. Mm-hmm. But Trump won Michigan in the general. What's that tell you? The people of Michigan, well, one thing quite possibly that it tells you is the people of Michigan like like people who are straight shooters. In other words, you know who they are. With Trump, you know who he is. With Bernie, you know who he is. Bernie's got to be looking at this going, you know what? I've been the same guy... I've always been. I haven't really changed anything at all, except excluding the word millionaires when I start bashing rich people because that, now that's I'm true. a millionaire. That's true. That's, that's about the right. only that's, thing he's changed. But that's a bit. But that that's, is a major point. It is. It is. It is a solid <laughs> asterisk by the by the whole point. But but the thing is, is that when you when you look at that, it is. I mean, say what you will about Bernie. Bernie's not going to change. Bernie's not going to stop being Bernie. Biden's going to be whoever you want him to be right now. Trump yeah. is going to be Trump. Yeah, that's true. And and you know we we went through the um uh, the numbers uh, last night. We were going over the numbers and and how young people, the electorate under thirty, is not showing up for Bernie. Do you think they're going to show up for Biden no. in the general? No. I'll say this. They'll probably outperform as a demographic uh, in the general over the primary based on Trump hatred alone. Okay, I'll just put that out there. I'll say, you know, that's probably a good bet that younger people under 30 Democrats under 30 will show up just because they hate Trump. But for the most part, 
they're not showing up for Bernie like they did in 2016. If they're not showing up for Bernie, they're not showing up for Biden. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, in the general on November 3rd. And it, it comes down to, I mean, honestly, I think it comes down to the fact that you look at what's going on, um, generally speaking, with the economy. Uh, most people expect it to be back to normal, certainly by November 3rd, uh, to uh, turn around and, and see some positives. Uh, well, if we see a, rece- a recession, it, it will be short-lived, and it will be based on you know um, a number of things, including the coronavirus. But the president has solid support right now. I think the one thing with the president is that you look at coronavirus and the American people don't blame him for coronavirus. So if we go into a recession based on coronavirus, that's going to be easy math for people to do. I don't know what effect it has on the president. We won't see that until November 3rd. Um, it probably won't It probably won't be a positive, but I don't know that it will be the negative that it would normally be because it's not his creation if the tariffs had tanked the economy to what we're doing you know what we're seeing right now you know if the dow was falling when he put tariffs Mm -hmm. in place all right you might be able to make that argument okay this is going to go directly back to him well as i said i don't think um, i personally don't think americans pay attention to gdp Hmm. americans pay attention to whether they have a job or not exactly and as long as there's a tight labor market even 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 if we do go down Let's say we go flat. Let's say we have a couple of months where we see negative growth, mm-hmm. or we see a quarter with negative growth. The first, you know, for the first quarter, for example, and maybe even the second quarter. If the third quarter, you know, rebounds, and we see that you know the labor market is still tight, even if a few, if some people lose their jobs, mm-hmm. that that is to me the what will what will really decide people's mood we'll get to that coming up here more of that here in a little bit uh dow futures uh, uh oil prices will get to uh, uh that oh wait a minute let me accentuate the positive it was a great day on wall street yesterday Woo-hoo! tomorrow uh, uh <laughs> looking at dow futures right now uh last i saw it was down 400 and something down 602 right now oh is it down six okay <laughs> Wow. Hate to bring down the room. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't checked for 20 minutes. I know. Well, you haven't checked for two minutes. <laughs> yes. So we uh, we will get to that. Oil, uh, oil's up to 34.87 okay. in the futures. Uh, Trump uh, officials considering extending tax filing uh, uh, deadlines. The Washington Post, Biden's new strategy, shorter speeches, therefore less gaffes. Uh, listen, uh, to the Biden campaign. You can write the checks to Eric and Gary. We'll take them gladly. Well, we said that, you know, Hillary, too, a long time yep, ago. You yep. need to. Well, you know, it was it was clear. Um, I think when you started seeing, uh, when you saw Klobuchar and, and Mayor Pete, it wasn't as clear. We had been saying this, though, for a while. You know, you need to shorten his time on stage. But now what you do is you surround him with um, with younger endorsers and people who opposed him and were on the debate stage saying very serious things about him, including Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, but we'll put that aside. And you have them up on the stage or somebody else local. I mean, this is the other thing, too, is that he can get away with, you know, having the uh, the governor, if it's a Democrat, he can have uh, somebody in the Senate race 
uh, if it's a Democrat, and you have them occupy a lot of that time, and you put him up there for 15 minutes, and you have him repeat the same thing. 15? <laughs> Is that too long? 15? No, what are you talking about 15? I'm, I'm thinking, hello, I'm Joe Biden. And I approve I'm, this message. I'm, I'm Joe <laughs> Good evening. I'm Joe Biden, and I'm going to beat Trump this November. Well, except, <laughs> except, thank the, you very much. <laughs> that may be too long because he's going to say, "I'm Joe O'Biden Obama, and I'm running for Senate." I did, then, I, I did see that meme out there saying, "Hi, I'm Joe Biden," mm. and I forgot what this message is. But yeah, that was really. It, it was interesting to see. Uh, former presidential candidate in 2016, Green Party candidate Jill Stein, mm-hmm. commented on that saying, what in the world? Mm-hmm. And and this is more people on the far left coming out and saying, look, this guy's got cognitive problems here. Yeah, These are all red flags. Mm-hmm. Look, he had teleprompter speeches in Missouri, as she wrote, and he blew two. He had two major gaffes. Yep. And by the way, putting him in a crowd like yesterday, you know, yesterday doesn't help him either. No. No, it does not. And and so we'll get to uh, all of uh, that. Uh, we'll, uh, here we go again. Fox News is on this story every day. Will Schumer be censured? They're the only ones that seem to be on it every day. And I'm like, I don't see this groundswell of Republicans coming out and saying, we need to do something about it now. I don't see it really moving in the Senate, do you? Well, no, not in the Senate. The only thing that we've seen this week is the letter from the other conservative, what they said, conservative leaders, but they weren't people in the Senate. And it, it was Monday right. night that the, or Monday, yeah, Monday evening that that letter was sent to the Senate. But right. you, but everybody else from last week has moved on. Uh, coronavirus economic stimulus and a whole bunch more. We'll go through the numbers uh, from Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Washington, North Dakota, and Idaho coming up. Plus your calls and comments. We got a great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Friday Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Oh, did I, oh no, I think that was pre-the pre, pre uh, the election tonight. I'm trying to what? find Michael Moore speaking after <laughs> the the uh, the primaries from, uh, for the primary elections from last night. Remember, it was Michael Moore who said after South Carolina mm-hmm. that, well, you know, that's not a true representation of the United States. We said, no, but it gives you an indicator of the South. Mm-hmm. And we sort of got an indication yesterday when you looked at Mississippi. Yeah. 88% of the vote in Biden over Sanders by 65%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 81 to 14. 81 to 14.9. 81 to 14.8 is what I have at the moment. Right. Uh, Missouri, Biden, 60% of the vote. Sanders, 34.5. Michigan, uh, with 85% in, uh, I think there's a greater one out there. I, uh, uh, real, real, RCP is, uh, says 86% okay. in, and okay. Biden is at, uh, 52.8, uh, Sanders at 37.4. Right. Uh, North Dakota, really the only one where Sanders so far has a, is a clear lead and, uh, he has not been, 
uh, declared the winner there, though, which means there must be a lot of precincts that are still out that they believe might go to San or to, might go to Biden. Right. But uh, with sixty three percent in here from this is from CNN, forty seven point five percent for Sanders, thirty nine point three for uh, Biden, and then in Washington State, uh, no declared winner yet. Sanders up thirty two point seven percent to Biden's. 32.5 percent hmm. with about 70 percent of the vote in there so yeah. that that's what we have at uh, at the 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 moment but man when you see when you see the 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 south we knew that was a problem and an indicator from south carolina to uh, uh you know uh, to begin with so if you're wondering we are not discriminating against sanders by only when we started the show playing audio from joe biden it's that Sanders has refused to speak and made it clear he would not speak at all. We're not talking about the rallies that were canceled, the right. big rallies that were canceled. Right. We have said Sanders has said he will have no comment uh, after these uh, these uh, primaries. AOC apparently uh, had a few words and said this is a, an extremely very, very tough night. Mm-hmm. Well, we said that, you know, that most a lot of the energy would be gone after tonight. Uh, then you get into the polls for the four states next week, which have, you know, uh, with those four states combined, have more delegates available than than what was up for tonight, I believe. Uh, but you're talking about um, Florida, Ohio, Arizona, Illinois. I mean, this time next week, if Bernie's still in it, uh, everything will be, all energy will be gone. And I don't know at that point why, because you're, there won't be a there won't be a road to getting the nomination. I mean, if he loses, according to the polls in those four states, if he loses the way the way those polls show, especially in Florida, if he's not if he is not viable at all in Florida, if he doesn't reach that fifteen percent in Florida. Well, Biden gets all 219. Yeah. Well, right now, I, the latest poll, Florida Atlantic University, Biden 61, Sanders 25. Mm-hmm. So, wow. that's And that's one of the only polls that shows him viable as of late. Yeah. Here's your forecast. There's a slight risk of excessive rainfall for parts of Southern California into Wednesday morning and over central Arizona Wednesday into Thursday morning. Rain and high mountain snow will increase as a cold front approaches the California coast, mainly for the southern half of the state. A frontal boundary is moving into the lower Mississippi Valley and southern plains and then to the east coast, bringing rain from the central Gulf Coast, Tennessee Valley, Ohio Valley, and into the Great Lakes. Mixed precipitation is likely over northern Maine, rain elsewhere for most of the northeast. Temperatures will be above average ahead of the front with 60s and 70s being widespread. To recap, snow and colder air could move into parts of the west and plains by later this week. Temperatures will be above average in the east throughout the week ahead and we could see a colder west and mild east through the middle of the month. There's your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm Christopher Cruz.
1-866-90-RED-EYE. We're taking your calls on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Welcome and good morning. Thanks so much for being here, man. we got so much to cover here this morning. Mm. Uh, I, I want to uh, go to this audio cut here from CNN. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, and no. Okay, that's the final word right there. Big guy has the final word. Please. (laughs) This audio cut is a recognition that the far left uh, is in agreement with what we were just saying, that there's a huge problem out here for Joe Biden in that he cannot get young people. That's that's the narrative that they were on. They said in Michigan, for example, they just said he did horrible with young people. Right. Just horrible. Got killed. Uh, by uh, by by Sanders, and also it's something that we've talked about before. Looking, for example, at the passion of those on the far left, mm-hmm. the Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, you know, supporters out there. Uh, you know, looking here at at you know we we've mentioned Michael Moore, we've mentioned uh, a ton of other uh, uh, far lefters out there, including Jill Stein, former Green Party candidate for 2016, that many believe is the reason that Hillary lost. That's what they will say. Right. That, uh, but uh, here she is. Biden's team won't let him do interviews. He made two short teleprompter speeches in Missouri this weekend and both generated massive gaffes that went viral. You can't beat Trump by trying to hide to avoid the issue of Biden's cognitive decline. Mm. How is this not a massive red flag? Yeah. My point is you have the far left just pounding on biden every single day we played jenk uger from the young turks the other day who's got the popular podcast mm-hmm. with the far left and has it has had it for a long time mm-hmm. where he just railed uh against uh, 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 uh joe biden and there is something to it besides the fact that they may be taking their celebrity status or political status and they are far lefters and they're they right now are just furious and maybe they'll I coalesce behind Biden. I don't know. Right. But is it a problem? Is getting not just young people to vote for Biden a problem, but Sanders voters in general? Mm. And this is where the discussion uh, went and took that uh, turn uh, with far lefter Van Jones. Mm. Say, I, I think this is a very dangerous moment for the Democratic Party. Uh, you have now an insurgency that's about to be defeated. What do you do with the people that you defeat? There was a hope on the part of a lot of young people they had a champion. You got young people who are graduating with a quarter million dollars in debt. You got young people with a lot of pain, and they had a champion. Mm -hmm. And they they thought that they were going to be able to surround a divided establishment with their movement, crush that divided establishment, and move forward. Instead, the establishment united and stopped them. Now what do you do? Last time Bernie Sanders got beaten, there was an assumption that all his people were just going to fall in line and vote against Trump, and there was not enough care for the concern and the pain of his base. I think tonight there's going to be a lot of crowing, a lot of relief on the part of the establishment, but keep it temperate and turn. Turn to those people and say, we want to be your champion. Yeah. If you don't do that, you're going to have a Pyrrhic victory. I, there, I, there, I, there were a lot of Sanders supporters in key states who did not end up voting for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. That's exactly my point. I, right. I, there you go. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's interesting because I was thinking about that as we as I was looking over the numbers from 2016. Again, Bernie, 
uh, beating Hillary in 2016. And then, of course, Trump winning in 2016. You know, what this this whole wish list by the left uh, or this this theory that's come out, even by some on the right, it was a theory, but it's more of a wish uh, thing for the Hillary idea for Biden to pick her as the Veep. Well, you assume that a two-time loser is going to help him. You know, I mean, you got to look at certain states. Biden did very well uh, with uh, African Americans and with with women. In Mississippi, two thirds, according to exit polls, two thirds of the votes that went through to uh, Biden uh, were African American in Mississippi. Um, what's interesting is I was doing the numbers uh, for the Republican primary in Mississippi. And Trump outperformed by somewhere around 20,000 plus outperformed Biden. Now, as a whole, the Republican primary didn't outperform in terms of t- turnout, didn't outperform the total Democrat count, if you include Bernie and, yeah, and ex- Gabbard. That's, ex- that, that's going to happen. Sure. But, but he is so far, far outperformed in races that really don't matter. Exactly. And that's that's the right. whole thing is that. This didn't matter, but people showed up and then they and he outperformed Biden in a, in a primary that doesn't matter and right. Trump. And and so you look at that. Um, I you, you can you can hear it. You can see it. AOC, Van Jones. It doesn't matter. The, the energy is all but gone from Bernie. Well, understand from Van Jones, Van, he may not say it. He may be trying to play that he's more towards the middle and an analyst, <laughs> yeah. but he is as far left as oh, you can yeah. get. Oh, yeah. Pe- what people forget is when he was part of the Obama administration, he was viewed as the socialist slash communist mm-hmm. radical far lefter of, of the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. You and I remember that. Oh, yeah. And so he is giving out this warning because he's one of them. Yeah. And he understands, I don't want a Biden. Right. He understands the disappointment of how so many people thought that Obama was going to be more radical and be able to get more radical things done when he was president. And when he became president, it was sort of like, well, whatever. Yeah. You know, we talked about this. Did he really, really go out and push his agenda, or did he just think he could say something and then it would just magically happen? Did he actually do the work? And it was Chris Matthews. Remember Chris Matthews? He used to be on MSNBC. Right. He was one of the first ones that said, look, Obama doesn't like the job. He doesn't like meeting with people. Right. He just expects the leftist things to magically happen, and they don't. That was in the fall of 2011. Yeah. And so you have a lot of people that look at that, and somebody like Van Jones, I believe, and say, okay, we were, you know, we were even betrayed by Obama. We didn't get the far left that we thought we were going to get with, with, uh, with, with Obama. And, man, we thought we had a movement against Hillary Clinton, and they screwed us then. Yeah. And then you had, as I said before, I don't believe that the loyal Bernie supporter was turned off at all by, you know, the the uh, the uh, uh, communist sympathizer narrative that he was on for a significant period of time that he kept doubling down on. And and so they view it. Remember what Bernie Sanders was promoting, a complete and total transformation of the American government. Industry, business, 
His goal was not to unite all Americans. Uh, you got Biden out there going, I'm here to unite. I'm here to unite. Now, we know it's crap, mm. but that's what he's out there saying, trying to now play that I am going to be moderate. Right. Well, as Van Jones says, he needs to reach out to Sanders supporters. How? What are you, what, what are you going to say when, because many of them look at this and say, look, this is clearly the party orchestrating this whole move. They're, they're not going to recognize what Bernie did to damage himself. They're not going to recognize that. No. They're going to look at this as the party ushering in Biden. Biden, you know, he says it tonight. Look, you know, we want to congratulate because it's what's interesting. By the way, that's a good positioning move for Biden to say we we want to congratulate Bernie on, you know, uh on the energy of his campaign and blah blah blah. You're almost making it sound like he's about to bow out. And the the fact of the matter is the writing is on the wall. We don't know if he's going to bow out just yet, but he's not making any statements. AOC saying it's not a good night. It, it could well be that tomorrow this turns into a one-person race, which ain't a race. Well, I think that if you're the radical, and remember what Bernie was promoting. Mm-hmm. The com- complete transformation of the American, everything in this country sucks, yeah. is what he was selling. Yeah. And so now everybody, you had Yang uh, come out yesterday and support Biden. Mm-hmm. Everybody who, you know, who they thought was, you know, more radical than Biden, all of them have coalesced behind Biden. And so if you're a radical, you're like saying, my God, they were all lying to us. Even Warren won't support Biden. Mm-hmm. And we know Warren is like Biden. Mm-hmm. She's the, she won't even, su- oh, excuse me, Sanders, Sanders said, yeah. said that, that even Warren won't support Sanders. Mm-hmm. And she's most like, and she won't even do it. The establishment is getting to everybody. Yep. We want no part of it. Well, because, and, and, and I think what, what helps that is that again, you look at right now four others that were in the primary, and they're all in Bernie's, uh, all in Biden's corner. None of them are in Bernie's corner, right? Even Warren, as you point out. Yep. And what is that? Well, that's an establishment move in the eyes yep. of the people that support. By the way, not just in the eyes of the people that support Bernie, we also recognize, of course, first and foremost, that. He damaged himself. You can't throw down and then double down, triple down, quadruple down no. on defending a communist dictator. That's going to do severe damage, right. and it did. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. For us, we're talking about how you appeal, what Van Jones is saying, how you appeal to Bernie's people. And you're not going to appeal to him if you're, uh, to them, if you're establishment. If they see this, just as we described it, they're not going to be in his. They're not going to be in Biden's corner because they they view. I, look, I. <laughs> they're going to say, well, look, he's just an. If he's just an establishment, he's somebody who's been Biden, but in politics for decades. Well, so is Sanders, but yeah. that didn't seem to matter. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But, but I'm talking about how they think. Yeah. And they're looking at it and they're saying, well, you know, he's still an independent. Mm-hmm. He's not part of the Democrat Party, and that that was part of the draw. For Sanders, first off, the country's always sucked. It has sucked. The system is wrong. Industry's wrong. Business is wrong. The government is wrong. Everything is wrong. And it's always been wrong. And I will take care of you. You're a victim. Everybody else is an oppressor. 
well, you've just added a new oppressor. And it's the establishment of the Democrat Party to a significant number of Bernie Sanders supporters. Uh, yeah, Bernie Sanders supporters. Make sure right. I get the name right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get in, we've got lines open. We'd love to hear from you. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Friday Radio, he is Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's go to Joel in Raleigh, North Carolina, who is a Bernie supporter. Joel, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Uh, yeah, you were talking about uh, the Bernie and Biden, uh, you know, the fight that they're having right now for the candidacy. Mm-hmm. I, You mentioned Hillary Clinton. I have to say that, yeah, as, as a Bernie supporter and... Maybe I'm, you know, influenced by what I hear, see on social media and the mainstream media. But I have to say, I, I do buy into that. If Hillary Clinton was the vice president, I'd be the least likely. I'd be least likely to go out and vote for Biden. Then. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting, Joel, because if you look at that, the, that would be pairing up the two establishment Democrats who both right, pushed right, exactly. Bernie aside. Well, let me ask you this. Again. This was a question that we asked before. If if yeah. if you look at a, a Klobuchar or a Kamala Harris, who all mm-hmm. went to Biden instead of mm-hmm. Sanders, would you view that as would you view that as establishment, or would you consider at that point saying at least it's not Hillary? If it's not Hillary it's, as the V, it's, it's a little more nuanced than that. I'm kind of in between. You know, I I don't know that. It's so much that establishment pushed them. I would say maybe they saw a little benefit in, ta- in jumping along, you know, the bandwagon at that point for their pre- careers. No, no that's a, that's so, a sound that that's a sound theory because I I said that this past weekend. I mean, you look at, at I how, think I got it from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. you know, no, because I you know because I I floated it out there. Let's let's take a look at, at what you know the the demographics are. Biden has a very strong African American support, but. You didn't yeah. see that. You actually did not see that during the early primaries or, or the early polls uh, for Kamala Harris or Cory Booker. And I actually want to fight that. Actually, I'm I'm a 30 year old male African American, and yeah. I do. I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. So yeah, right. That, I don't know why we're not showing up and showing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's but you know it's and and you know again not everybody fits that same you know demographic in terms of you know the the uh the the average voter or average you know turnout or whatever it might be but if you look at the electorate yeah. as a whole i floated that theory that you know it could well be that you know supporting yeah. biden uh for kamala harris or cory booker will help them in their future well, i mean very, so. very quickly we're only got right. about 20 seconds so w- what about the narrative that blacks want biden because he was obama's vice president that doesn't sell you. I, I I think most voters are that simple-minded, where they'll vote for whoever somebody tells them to vote for that they respect. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Thanks, Thanks. Joel. Thanks. Hey, anytime. It. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. Great call.
This hour's news is brought to you by Travel Centers of America, home of World Lens Coffee, the freshest roast on the road. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America, 866-90-RED-EYE, RedEyeRadioShow.com, where we stream live or get our app, put it on your phone. And listen whenever you want. Well, Super Tuesday 2.0, that's what Sanders was calling it, uh, is uh, in the books. Uh, So far of the races called, Biden has won them all. And that would be Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, and Idaho. Biden winning Michigan so far with 88% of the votes uh, in by 18 percentage points. In Missouri, with 100% in, uh, Biden winning uh, by 17%. Mississippi, with 98% in, Biden is winning by a 65-point margin over Bernie Sanders. And in uh, Idaho, with 97% of uh, the uh, the re- reports uh, in, uh, Biden uh, up by 6 Right. So there's where we are in in uh, North Dakota with 45% of the vote in. Uh that race has not been called. Uh, uh Sanders uh, with 47% of the vote, Biden with 39, and in Washington state with 67% in. That race still too close to call. Uh Sanders with 32.7% of the votes, Biden with 32.5. Hmm. But overall if it stands where it is, uh you know, Biden wins the night big time yeah, on the delegate right. count. Yeah. Yeah, and and then again you look at uh next Tuesday St. Patrick's Day. Uh you know there's one poll now that shows Biden or or Bernie is viable. I think there were uh, over the last couple of months there's been two that have shown him above 15%. But if Bernie can't get that 15%, then he gets zero delegates out of a huge state, Florida. Uh, Illinois, uh, also in that race next week, Arizona, Ohio. Um, Bernie's people have to be looking at the internals right now. They are. And what's interesting is the tone. You know, Bernie not making any comments. AOC, it was a tough night. Van Jones saying, well, okay, you know, um, now Biden has to reach out to Bernie's people and welcome them in and tell them that, you know, basically, you see them, that kind of thing. Well, I don't. I, I really don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be. Uh, we talked with the uh, caller, Joel. You know, who said if 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 Hillary's on the ticket, you know, he'd be less likely to to vote. And then he's it's kind of you know mixed. Would he go for Biden if it's not Hillary? Um, and there are some, of course, that will go for Biden from the Bernie camp. In November, but by and large, when you look at the breakdown in the demographics and and the habits of the voters, um, then it's not going to be the turnout. 
it's not going to they're not going to get that kind of turnout from the electorate under 30 because if bernie's not performing well he did in michigan under 30 but biden doesn't perform well under 30 that tells you the story mm-hmm. if they're are they are they going to stay home or does their you know dislike distaste for trump uh, bring them to the polls and do they hold their nose for biden on November 3rd. And of course, a quick hourly update here before we move any further on uh, last night's uh, results and analysis on it. The Dow futures down 679 points. Yeah. Light crude up 1.6%, almost to $35 a barrel. So that's where we are right now. And we'll keep you updated uh, uh, on that. I like last night better than tonight. And you know what I was looking, I'm looking forward to? I've mm. thought about this as, a, as I got in the car and was driving home after we left in the parking lot last night. And I was thinking, I can't wait till we get to the point where we're talking, you know, uh, Dow Futures, okay, down 200 mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> today. It looks like a, a massive correction when when every night, and we go through these things, you know, probably what, once every couple of years when the mm-hmm. when it goes up or down, and it's like, when when will I stop having to do this? When mm-hmm. will every hour during the every hour during the show and every hour during the day, mm-hmm. won't, won't I be paying attention to the, uh, the, the, the stock market where it's just like, Okay, all right, up 200. Okay, up 300. Okay, down uh, 68. Okay, up 75 today. You know, those those normal days. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll keep you updated uh, on that. I do want to play. I've got uh, audio here because I, I think one of the most uh, Im- important things is now, and, and we had played the Van Jones uh, comment earlier, you know, looking at the, the fact of Biden not being able to put in young people and how do you keep Bernie supporters? That's why we had... Uh, Joel on, who was a Bernie supporter mm-hmm. last hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that it looks like it's going to be Joe Biden, the gaffes become bigger. There's yeah, more attention right. paid to yep, it. Yep. There's more attention paid uh, to him talking to the uh, pro Second Amendment auto worker yesterday, mm-hmm. where the left was like, oh, this is just this is wonderful. This is this is Bernie being strong. No, it's being, Bernie being asked a serious question yeah. and losing it right at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's not he's not going after the professionals. Mm. He's not going after the journalists who are professionals mm-hmm. who professionally get in a business, and the journalists that are actually political activists getting criticism from the president that. The left absolutely hates and believes it's not fitting to a, for a president to do that. This is Biden taking off at a normal auto worker who is concerned about Second Amendment rights after Bernie, or excuse me, after uh, uh, Biden brought up Beto O'Rourke to say, this is the guy that I'm going to put in charge of gun control, mm-hmm. who's well known to have said he would confiscate AR-15s. Mm-hmm. It's a legit question to ask. Yes. And he lost it right away saying you're full of blank. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the one that I noticed a lot of women, that's why I called it machine gun and misogynist malarkey, mm-hmm. is when he told the aide, the woman, shh, 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 he shushed her. Yeah. I saw you see a ton of women. I can't believe he shushed the woman. Yeah, what's interesting is <laughs> Biden does well with women. Uh, 60% of the turnout, according to exit polls and... Missouri, Mississippi, and Michigan uh, total voters yep. were women. 
Uh, and and so when you when you look at it, it, it blows you know it blows the whole narrative. I mean, because it's just it's so dumb. And we mm-hmm. started the show out with this. Uh, I'm a, going to bring the nation together. Yeah, by telling anybody who disagrees with you. And we're not talking about the political activists in the media. We're not talking about other politicians. We're talking about a normal American citizen. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is where we get to the Democrats, and we've talked about this before. The Democrats who insult the voter. The Democrat who insults the Democrat voter. Yeah. Sure. And calls the Democrat voter racist, sexist, misogynist that's been going on through the Democratic voter campaign. Right. Their own party officials and members of the media are attacking the voter. And they done that, as we know, they did that not only with their own party, but with Trump and deplorables, as we know. Mm-hmm. Trump attacks the professional people. He's not taking off on an individual constituent. And that, to me, is a huge warning sign. The fact, and, and by the way, it, it, it's being recognized by even members of the left. Uh-oh. And you look at it and you look at all the gaffes and you look at his temper there. And they got into this discussion on Fox News yesterday and, and Tucker Carlson was talking to Britt Hume about it. Mm-hmm. So I've got this audio cut here from uh, from Britt Hume because he said, I've known Biden for a long, long time. Here's part of that conversation. Okay, let me see if I can get that. Here's part of that conversation here. Right. And uh, I'm having problems here with my computer. All right. It's completely and totally frozen. All right. The whole computer just froze. Magically froze. Maybe it was hacked by the DNC. I don't know. We'll get it. We'll get to it, though, just in a little bit, because I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's it gives you an indication because it was early on in the conversation. Mm-hmm. He met the guy and just said, you're full of. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Instead of saying, well, no, I'm not. What are you talking about here? Let's go through this point by point by point. Well, this is what you should do. You know, what's interesting is that you saw the demeanor by Bernie. When he was at the, if you saw any of the the Fox News town hall the other night, right? Very calm, cool, collect, very straightforward. Biden is losing it. We've we've talked about this this you know for months now. Um, Aaron Burnett in the CNN town hall, he basically got up in her face for asking a question, and. I mean, you can't have that defensive posture. Look, he'll get away with it when he's doing that against Trump on a debate stage. But the gaffes will, of course, you know, be the big, big story. You can't do that with reporters. You can't do that with people who might be considering you when it comes to voting. It doesn't it doesn't matter what that what the guy there, you know, asking the Second Amendment question is going to do in, in in the vote. When you're responding to somebody like that on a huge issue, you better have your ducks in a row and you better be calm, cool, and collect. And he wasn't. Well, because he obviously, wasn't. well, because obviously your campaign should say, look, you know, you brought Beto O'Rourke on. Mm-hmm. O'Rourke said, you know, he would go out and confiscate weapons. Yep. You've got to make it clear now. We've got to come up with a strategy where you make it clear to anybody out there that you're not coming after their guns. Right. 
And so knowing that and knowing the sensitivity of that, because remember, you're trying to bring people together to be questioned about that. And the first thing out of your mouth is you're full of blank. Right. right. To an average voter, yeah. an auto worker, the imagery of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have Democrats and the elite saying, oh, that's great. That's great. That's wonderful. That's great. The average independent looks at that and says, you didn't want to answer his question. Right. And you had a defensive posture. Yes. And you totally slammed the guy. You lost it. You lost it. Yeah. Your calls and comments coming up, 866-90-RED-EYE. Tips from J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated on Roadcheck 2020, the importance of inspections. Organizers promote Roadcheck as the largest targeted enforcement program in the world. It's estimated that on average, around 17 trucks or buses are inspected every minute in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada during the three-day event. More than 1.6 million roadside inspections have been conducted in the 30-year history of the International Road Check. That's a lot of inspections, obviously. But drivers can't lose sight of the fact that roadside inspections can and will occur at any time and anywhere throughout the year. And you must be prepared for them. Your employer will likely remind you of Road Check between now and May. But remember the old Boy Scouts motto when it comes to inspections. Be prepared. You'll never know when you'll be pulled over for one. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This has been the Meritor Driver Report, brought to you by Pilot Flying J, Shell Rotella, and Meritor Aftermarket. Run with the bull. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Okay, I think I cleaned up my computer and all right. did all the antivirus software, <laughs> non-freeze. Did uh, you turn it whatever. off and turn it back on again? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, this is Tucker Carlson with Bert Hume talking about Joe Biden and uh, him losing it, really, as he did with the, uh, the uh, uh, auto worker yesterday mm. on gun control. Here we go. What do you make of this? And I, and I don't want to be unfair to Biden, sincerely. I don't want to pull one clip out of context, but there have been a number of them recently where the former vice president kind of explodes in aggression. It's noticeable. I don't remember him doing that in years past. What do you think this is? Yeah, I've known him a long time. And, you know, he's, he can sometimes work himself up into kind of a passion in speeches and so on. Um, yes. When he was arguing about issues and so on in a debate. But I don't remember him um, exploding at voters. Uh, like the, uh, he did in this incident today and hurling profanity the way he did, telling the guy he was full of spit, except he didn't say spit. Um, that's that's something new. Uh, there's a number of things that are new about Joe Biden. As you and I know, Tucker, he's always tended to make gaffes. And if you've known him long enough, yeah. you kind of get used to that. And, and, and you think they're kind of funny and they're just part of who he is and they're kind of harmless. More recently, how kind of appealing, I would he's say. aged. Yeah, in some ways, in some ways, and you know, and you also know Tucker that what a nice guy he is, and he's a genuinely nice guy. I've always yeah, liked him on a, I agree. On a personal basis, very much. 
more recently, however, he's begun to forget things. He's you know didn't know what state he's in. He he you know he 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 couldn't remember uh, exactly where he was when he met with the Parkland students when he said it was in the White House. It was long after he'd been out of the White House and that sort of thing, suggesting that he, like so many people his age, uh, is losing his memory and is getting senile. And I don't think there's any doubt about it. I have traces of this myself. I know what it feels like. You get sometimes you're confused. Sometimes you can't remember, you know, um, what are you supposed to do the next morning? And and um, I'm not running for president. And it's probably a good thing I'm not. Um, and I and I think that over time, the danger for him and for his party is that he may say something that's so outlandish and so suggestive that his cognitive faculties have failed him that Democratic voters are going to say, oh, my Lord, what do we got here? Um, at the moment, they're so eager to deny Bernie Sanders the nomination and to press forward right. with somebody more familiar that he's I think this stuff is 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 lost on Democratic voters. But over time, under the pressures of a campaign, who knows what will happen? There you go. Yeah, I don't think it is lost on them. I, I, I just think that when they came to the realization that, my God, we cannot. Uh, I think it's as simple. I think they say we cannot. We have a better chance. We may not be able to win with Bernie Sanders, or excuse me, with with uh, Joe Biden because of all of his gaps and fault. And yes, we are concerned about his age and his memory. Uh, we know it's on the minds of those on the far left because they have been absolutely vocal about it the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So we know it's there. They mm -hmm. haven't forgotten about it. They're just looking at it saying Sanders is unacceptable. We can't do it. We cannot win with Sanders. Don't know if we can win with Biden, but we may have a better chance. I think that's where they're at right now. Well, yeah, and, you know, give it the, the best that they've got. Go establishment. Get, uh, you know, the uh, try and appeal to the independent. But I I think, too, that there's something to, to say that, look, we'd rather lose with Biden than Bernie. If we're going to lose, we'd rather lose with Biden than Bernie. I mean, um, I can see them now. If Biden does lose on November 3rd, basically the narrative becomes, well, listen, uh, Trump beat a guy who clearly uh, wasn't at the top of his game. Um, and it's clearly had some issues and blah, 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 blah. And they'll make every excuse in the book like they always do. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that I don't see it energizing because what what's left from here? What is left to energize Joe? What energized Joe, uh, of course, was the win in South Carolina. But then the younger uh, uh, people that were on the stage before that dropped out, the, the other candidates that come on board now and they get behind him and they help to create more energy. But it's not Joe's energy. It's not the campaign's energy. Well, we mentioned that the the Washington the Washington Post article will have parts of it uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show where they have said, "Look, the campaign now is state is is coming to the conclusion we got to keep Biden's speeches as short as possible. Right? We need to limit the gaffes. We need to limit the losses of memory. We need to make sure that it's extremely scripted. But we really need to keep him out of the public. Right? Yeah. We need to limit his time. It's interesting because. That's the same thing they did with Hillary. Right. As we remember, we need to keep Hillary out of the public eye. She cannot speak too long. Yeah. And right. now the same here with Trump. It's like, let him go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let Trump be Trump. <laughs>
Yeah. And so uh, that's where we are right now. We've got Dave, Mark, Michael, Dan, Joe, and more. All your calls and comments coming up next. each other's sentences gary mcnamara and eric harley on red eye radio and he's eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara 866-90 red eye that's actually true we have done that before haven't we yes we also answer each other's questions it gets a little bit scary yeah times all right to you we go let's go to joe in albuquerque about the results last night in what they're in what uh, sanders was calling super tuesday 2.0 Maybe not anymore, but no. hi, Joe, you're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome. Good morning, gentlemen. Great show. Thanks. Look, uh, I think you have to admire the uh, coordination that was done by the establishment, the way that um, everybody fell in line, and even how Warren stayed in to siphon off the votes for Bernie. But I think, you know, it's multifaceted, but I think that we're here because of a deal that was made for Biden to bow out in 2016 to let Hillary go. Of course, nobody expected her to lose and they're following through on the deal. Okay. Well, okay. I disagree. I disagree with that. I disagree. You know, you're throwing out conspiracy theories now that there is no No, evidence that there, there's a, they, because they, they don't, they believe that Biden has a better chance of winning than Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying that they didn't try uh, you know, to rig, as we know, they have. But mm-hmm. there was no big deal that was done. Okay, if you do it now, we're going to ensure that you're the... That's what you're you're trying to make that case. There's no evidence that that exists whatsoever. None. No, I Zero. mean, if you look at the polls a few weeks ago, Biden wasn't doing very well. Right. You know, he had some momentum. And when he had the momentum out of South Carolina, you know, it, it's going into uh, that Super Tuesday... You have Mayor Pete, and then you have Klobuchar jump on board. Um, look, the party was rejecting Bernie. Right. The party doesn't vote. The voter votes. Mm-hmm. The voter was not part of the conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So even if that's true, the voter is the one that votes. Yep. The Democratic primary voter. So unless everybody was in on the deal and said, look, there's a, we made the deal with Biden here, so the the... The deal goes good now. It's, you know, sorry, let's not waste any time on that. No, no. I think the party um, certainly wanted Biden over Bernie. Absolutely. Um, there's no doubt. Uh, and and which is why you have, you know, again, uh, Kamala Harris, you have Cory Booker, uh, you have, uh, you know, Klobuchar and Mayor Pete on board. Um, you know, it is coordination at this point because they believe that Biden is more viable than Bernie in the fall. Right. Let's go to Michael in Pennsylvania. Michael, you're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, you guys do a great job. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I'm just a deplorable from Pennsylvania, mind you. <laughs> um, I, had a, I had a crazy thought coming coming home listening to you guys. I, I love listening to you guys. Uh, I, I think uh, it's great how you can, um, you know, 
uh, agree to disagree without being nasty. There's too much nasty today. But I had a crazy thought. What if, uh, you know, Biden picks Sanders as his running mate? I mean, I still think Trump pummels uh, Biden on the stage, the debate stage, and I still think he wins on his record and all. But what if he does something crazy like that? Wouldn't that tighten the race, or do you think it would? Um, I don't. It, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you you typically see this. Uh, this happened back in 2008 when, you know, it came down to Hillary versus Obama in the primary. And then everybody said, well, you know, uh, he could pick her as the Veep. You know, it's it's not going to happen. Um, Bernie doesn't have that energy. Biden knows that the internals aren't there. You're going to what you're what you want. Likely uh, you want someone who's going to be it's likely I, I think it's probably going to be a woman. Um, Biden already does well, mm-hmm. fairly well with women voters. Uh, he does well with African-American voters. So I think you're going to have somebody who appeals to both of those demographics. And it's likely going to be a woman and a younger woman. Um, you know, the, the theory of, of Hillary, I think, is 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 it, it, while crazy. it while it may while it may happen. I don't think it's a good plan. I don't think it's good strategy. I think Hillary would be a horrible choice. Because I think you lose a lot of the Bernie supporters at that point. You also lose, um, and it could be, who knows, it could be somebody that's a, a little bit more radical than Joe to go further left. But tip, typically in this situation, I mean, if you're looking at what they're trying to do, then you're going to try and appeal to those demographics that you need to pull from in terms of Trump. Trump does well with African African American right. uh, support right now too. Right, I I would be thinking that Biden probably is looking to pull in more women, and so mm-hmm. a woman would be some you know something that would be necessary. And mm-hmm. it might be it might not be a Kamala Harris. It might be an Amy Klobuchar. Could be that is viewed as moderate. Right. That 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 a lot of Democrat women like and independent women like. I just don't see it being Bernie Sanders because then no, no. you fell you've fallen right into the criticism that look you've got two of the oldest white men yeah. possible running and I and and plus would you want Bernie out and about campaigning not because Bernie would have to campaign as Joe Biden wished him to campaign yep at that he, point right he can't be out there saying we need to reinvent this country completely industry sucks uh, the United States sucks. The Constitution sucks. Everything sucks. We need to reinvent this country completely. And I loved communist dictators. Yes, exactly. Probably not what Biden would want. No. Nope. No, it's, um again, it's probably going to be a female. Um, and uh, it, it, again, I think the appeals would be because you look at the president, uh, he does well with African-American voters. You'd want somebody who does well with, uh, all minor all minority groups and and women as well. I mean, that's I think going to be their push. Is that uh, you focus on the fact that that at times the president doesn't have support from women voters. So Biden does pretty decent I, with women voters. I I do think I'm th- I'm still thinking Amy Klobuchar. Sorry, interrupted, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the thought just popped popped into my head. I'm thinking Amy Klobuchar because of what that caller said last night. And the caller last night, who was a Biden fan, who said, look, I know Biden basically is incompetent, mm-hmm. but I don't care. I'll vote for the vice president. Mm-hmm. Well, if that thought is in there from a lot of people 
Who do you want? You want somebody who comes across, number one, that can help you in the election, and somebody who was viewed as not being too radical and pretty down to earth. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be Amy Klobuchar? Yeah, probably. I, You know, but I think she has weakness in, in the fact that... Um, I mean, she really lacks experience. If you look at, at the at the Veep picks in the in the past, um, you had a number of well, including Biden. Actually, remember when 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 Obama brought him on, it was for his foreign relations experience. He was really good with Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but then you look, you go back to George W. Bush. And it, Cheney, the same reason. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the same. You know, I, well, I don't, I, I don't I think don't, bringing in an old establishment well, no, Democrat no, 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 is no, no, going to no, work. No, I don't. I don't think for that reason. I think you bring somebody with experience who? also that has that. I don't know who that is in the party yeah, right now. I don't think it exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, it and could, I don't think Democrats governor that we're not thinking about. And, and no. I don't think Democrats care. Mm-hmm. I don't think the American public is really caught up at all on what happens in foreign relations. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess here's the point. Democrats, I don't think, are. I think they're looking at somebody who can be the person out there who comes across as not being a radical but still believes in gimmeism. I, I guess That's what I think they're looking I for. I guess here's the point. I don't see Klobuchar being able to step up to the job as president. Well, you're saying that from your point of view. Mm-hmm. And from my point of view, I would agree with that. Well, I mean, I'm talking the Demo- from the Democrat well, point of view, but I don't think they care. Remember, well, Obama I mean, was the in the first primary. Term. They did. I mean, she, oh. you know, she's out, so they did. I mean, she didn't. She didn't win. Well, but I'm. This is a completely different ball game. Mm-hmm. Biden is the president. She's the vice president. Mm-hmm. I know, but so I mean, if you're, stepping if, up, stepping. I mean, stepping up to the job as president, because you know those voters, especially the independents, are looking at this going. Yeah, we need somebody who's going to be able well, to. That, well, actually, if, if you Biden can, said it. If you can, if we can name who that person is, then I'm willing to have the discussion mm-hmm. of. Look, it could be you know you. Uh, it could if you want to go. If you're going with the woman, who's mm-hmm. it going to be? If you're saying okay, we can expand it to the a man. It's not going to be Buddha Judge because he has no experience. Mm-hmm. So who's it going to be? Cory Booker, mm-hmm. who is well known enough. You're going to pull somebody else out of the Senate? Chuck, Gavin, Chuck, Gavin Newsom. He gov, does. Governor. Yeah. Huge. Right. Huge with women. If, if you wish to pull Governor Newsom out, oh, oh, yep, you could do that. That you could do. I will give you that. That would be better than a Klobuchar pick. Yes. If you're talking women, though, which I thought was our <laughs> parameters. Sure. I, well, I don't, but, but he does. He does well with women, right? Yeah. Yes, he yes he does very well. That could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. That's a governor, right? <laughs> I was thinking in the Senate. I'm like Schumer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely not. Not Nancy. Schumer. Yeah. Ugh. No. 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 But Newsom, well, here's he can, the thing. but he can make the he can make the case. Look, there's nobody with more experience. She's been in the Senate. She's been in Congress for a hundred years. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I don't know that Newsom wants the gig. He did say in an interview right after becoming uh, governor, uh, "Are you? You know, they asked him. You know, you have plans to run for president? He said, you know, soon. And he said, no, I'm gonna. I'm. I ran for governor. I'm going to be the governor of California. And and those yeah. are my plans. 
that all that all changes when you look at the 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 very real seriously the very real chance of Biden being a one-term president due to his health. Well, here's the other point though, would you wish to be the vice president under a Joe Biden? Well, it if it depends because if you're carrying the administration and Biden is essentially I hate this word, the puppet if you're carrying, if you're the energy in the administration, think about this. It's the opposite of Trump. Trump almost doesn't need a vice president. <laughs> Seriously, he carries everything, you know, um, and and I mean, Mike Pence doesn't even have to make a facial expression. And he hasn't yet. <laughs> no, but Mike Pence is viewed as somebody whose temperament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the opposite. Is he's the anti-Trump. He's the, he's the, he's the anti, yeah, he's the anti-Trump. Well, and there you have it in Gavin Newsom. And, and, and I, he's, and he's, I believe it. He's the intellectual, he's the elitist, you no, know, I, and, I, I and believe, he's also far left. I, I, yes, I believe it helps. I believe it, you know, uh, actually, uh, Pence helps him. We've heard, well, he's going to dump Pence for Nikki Haley. I wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. Uh, Pence is stable. Yeah. Pence was a, a very yeah. good pick. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's go to Mark in California. Mark, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Hey, um, because I'm tired, I'm just going to refer to you both, Gary and Eric, as Garrick. And so you can be the Brangelina of Red Eye Radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Garrick is listening. I'm going cons- <laughs> to consolidate it. But here's my thought. I mean... After Super Tuesday 2.0, I can only come away with two, two rational uh, takeaways. And number one is that the DNC not being, well, assuming they're not complete morons, which might be a misstep, but um, they know that, that Biden can't beat Trump in the general, so they're willing to go with him to keep control of the party and lose the election over possibly losing control of the party and winning the election with a Sanders. So, I mean, that there's either that or the fact that they have something else up their sleeve that they're not revealing yet that may come out in Milwaukee. Um, and I don't think it's Hillary because with this new ju- Judicial Watch uh, deposition coming out, there's too much risk associated with that. If she went ahead and came out and announced she was going to go ahead and run, and then Judicial Watch deposed her in person, and all of that garbage comes out, I think there's too much risk there. So I don't think there's a Michelle. I don't think there's an Oprah. I don't think there's a Hillary waiting in the wings. So I think basically the DNC is willing to give up this election because they know Biden cannot win against Trump. So, I mean, what else do you have? Well, yeah, but they also, but but the only thing I would disagree with is you're making the case that the DNC thought Sanders could win, and I don't think they thought that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they know Sanders. Well, okay. Well, I didn't even I didn't think about that. But they would rather um, lose this election 
than than put a Sanders up as the DNC nominee. That's what I was saying. Okay, all right. Well, then you make that. That's a case because yeah, you, yeah. even if Sanders sure. loses, you might split the party. Even though you may split the party because look, there is a radical far left that has actually controlled the party over the last couple of years. Yeah, right. They The party actually aligns more on the issues with Sanders, mm-hmm. I believe, than they do with Biden. Yeah, because Biden's all over the place. Biden yeah. seems to be following now rather than being yeah. who he is or was, if he ever was anything that was absolute, like Bernie This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Before we get back to your calls and comments, a lot of people wanting to get in on last night's primary election in six different states. Uh, We will have uh, the results in case you're just waking up here. But uh, the big winner, of course, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, last night but wow here we go Hmm. uh two basketball leagues college basketball leagues have now said that their tournaments that begin this week both the mid-american tournament and big west conferences will not have any fans at their games both leagues made the announcement after the ohio governor on Tuesday, requested that indoor athletic events in the state take place without spectators other than the athletes, parents, and others essential to the game. Wow. Hmm. Uh, you have uh, UCLA that has said that uh, any of their athletic uh, events will have no fans. And also you had LeBron James backing off and stating that, uh, you know, that he would be willing to play, apparently, if there were no fans. Yeah. Now, the MAC is where my favorite basketball team plays, and luckily they're not in the tournament because they lost in the first round on Monday. Hmm. Well, um, it's t- look, be, it's going to be very tough to watch any of these games if you're a fan. Maybe if, if you're a fan, it won't be, but if you're not a fan, to have no fans... And just hear a basketball game being played, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's going to lose a ton. Uh, I wonder how you change the. Uh, I, I mean, you really can't with basketball. You can't change the the camera angle or anything to you know to kind of hide that or or at least lessen that effect of empty seats. Well, I guess you can because the normally the, you only see the first couple of rows from the top shot down on the court mm. when you're showing the full court. Well, I guess you bring or, everybody down courtside or, then, yeah. or or you you know you you zoom in, but you're not going to hear anything. I mean, it's mm. going to be you you can tell. There's a difference between a game when you have twenty thousand people and when you have two thousand. Mm. When you have two thousand in an arena, it doesn't sound 
big at all. Mm-hmm. It sounds very, you know, it, it sounds like hundreds of fans. Having nobody in there except the athletes' immediate families, which apparently will be allowed in there, and those related to the two schools mean you may have people around the sidelines and at the scorer's table, but that's it. Mm. And maybe if you've got 30 players mm-hmm. and their immediate family, you may have 100 people. Right. And so here we go. And so that means, and they're playing, I, I don't know about the Big West. I'm not sure the arena they play in, but I know the MAC is playing. Uh, the Mid-America Conference plays uh, at the uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse where the mm-hmm. Cavaliers play. Mm-hmm. It's a big arena. Mm-hmm. And already they have trouble, uh, and especially in the first couple of rounds. You know, you go to these tournaments, and the, unless it's a, you know, a major college program, and you, have, you don't have a lot of fans to begin with until you really get to the weekend. Who was the athlete uh, yesterday that came out that was had a concern about playing in Seattle? Because oh, I didn't see that. The cases in uh, the cases on the West Coast. Yeah. And yesterday was a day when you talk coronavirus, where I heard both sides again, mm-hmm. and medical professionals from both sides mm-hmm. stating that it is more contagious. It isn't more contagious. Mm-hmm. I heard both of those. Uh, arguments uh, uh, yesterday. The Surgeon General came out and said uh, it isn't as dangerous as a flu to young and healthy people, Mm -hmm. but it's more dangerous to uh, others than the regular flu for those that have, you know, an underlying condition. An underlying condition, Mm -hmm. yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. um, Talking to Dr. Benjamin Newman a couple of days ago, he's a virologist, and he was on the team that uh, came up with the name COVID-19 um, you know, that's, uh, his concern as a virologist was the way that it spreads, how contagious it is. Right. Um, the, I guess it, it comes down to this, the people, the governors and states, uh, they may have more, more information than we do, but, uh, they're not going to be in the, in the lab studying these viruses. They're going to make calls. You're going to have a lot of people who aren't doctors making calls. And that's exactly what we see here. This is what's affecting the market. Um, my question for these teams that are in tournaments, what about travel? Because there's going to there's gonna be travel. For those that are still in the tournament, you're going to hit the road. Mm-hmm. You could be on the road all month long. Right. And you're going to be in hotels. Yep. You're, you know, you... Yep. So... I I really wonder how they're going to you know get through that. I it's it's going to be interesting watching it. But you you see more and more cancellations every day. You said Pearl Jam was canceling their tour. Yeah, that's what I saw the other day. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wonder when the last time they they canceled a tour. Let me see if that's still up. Whether they are still going uh, with with that, but I hmm. saw that the other day that. Um, well, you know, Coachella. Coro- there it is. Coronavirus causes Pearl Jam to postpone first leg of tour. Okay. <clears throat> and that's what you see with the, the uh, Coachella being postponed. Right. Uh, the, the talk that the Olympics could be postponed. Mm-hmm. You know, until the warmer months. But then you have some doctors that say, 
there's no evidence that this will slow down during the warmer months. There's other evidence that if it's not mutating right, that it could die off. Could die off. But it's not necessarily going to be because the warmer weather. Then you have others, you know, doctors saying, yeah, it'll die off like the flu season. It'll be a seasonal thing. The, 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 as we said to, from the very beginning, you know, I'm not panicking over it. You mm-hmm. just take, you just take the proper precautions. The biggest thing with this is again the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think sure. a lot of medical professionals will say, "Look, here's what we think," but you're not positive. No. And so that's that's what we're dealing with right now as a public. But when you when you see, um, you know, you've got two leagues right now. You've got the Big West and Mac coming out and saying, sorry, no fans. Mm-hmm. How many others are going? Look, this is big. It may not be big money to the mid-majors, the mm-hmm. mid-major conferences, because maybe the last playoff game, they will have an arena that might be half to three-quarters full. But in the major college programs, they sell these things out. It's major money. Right. And so you continue, and you've already got, Two leagues right now, or two conferences coming out and saying, nope, no fans. You may have 10 by the time we're on the air tomorrow. And then what happens to the tournament in general? And believe me, there's big money Mm -hmm. in college basketball when you get to the final 64. Mm -hmm. And so if they're already stating, if you've got UCLA saying, sorry, we're done, Now, they did do it conveniently because uh, I would assume they have no more basketball games at home anymore Mm. because the tournament starts and then everything else is on the road. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about major college programs and you're talking about, you know, with you, you you get, you know, you get into the Sweet 16 and, you know, from that point on Mm -hmm. and you're talking about sold out arenas where those tickets have been sold for a year now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with people with you know plant travel plans and everything else that's uh you're, you're talking some big dollar entertainment money and if it goes to that point then how far does it go two weeks from now what else isn't canceled right well because the virus is going to continue to spread right does every does every concert cancel now does every does everything for the next month Shut down like in Italy. Italy is that's a question that you have to ask. Will right. it get to that? Will it get to that point? And I don't know. I the way I see it going, it looks like that possibly might be where we will be at two weeks from now. Could be. Could be. Uh, you had a North Texas case uh, here. Um, a man goes to California. Uh, he's, he goes out to Silicon Valley. He comes back. He tested positive when he came back. Self-quarantine. But his kids go to school, public schools. He was on a plane with a couple hundred other people coming back. What do you do? Does the CDC get the manifest of that flight? You tell all those people on that plane, you got to self-quarantine? Even if they didn't come in contact with the guy, if he touched surfaces, again, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the protocol is. But 
this is what this is why you see corporations canceling uh, any corporate travel, delaying that until whatever May first or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of effect. Abundance of precaution is still an action, and it's pretty significant. Ask the airliners. And as to where we're going with any type of uh, uh, stimulus, I have no idea because nothing really came out of the meeting yesterday. And if there wasn't a sense of urgency yesterday, I don't know where it goes. Right. I don't know where the compromise is between Republicans and Democrats. So I guess we will see on that. Looking at uh, the primaries last night, the latest that we have, Biden takes Missouri, Biden takes Michigan, Biden takes Mississippi, uh, Biden takes Idaho, and let me see the latest that I have. I'm looking at realclearpolitics.com. I don't know if you have something that's better, but North Dakota with 71% of the vote in, uh, Sanders with 50.1%, Biden with 39.8%, and then in Washington State, 67%. That's a, That's stayed there for a while now. That hasn't really moved. I right, saw that you right. may we not have Washington results until later on today. But that hasn't moved since we've come in on the air because right. it's still uh, Sanders with 32.7% of the vote and Biden with 32.5%. What's interesting is North Dakota with 71% of the vote in and and Biden uh, me, with the, and Sanders with a 50 to 39 or basically 50 to 40 lead is what it is. Right. <clears throat> They're only separated by 900 votes. It's North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. So if that's with 71% of the precincts, are those all rural precincts and they're waiting for the city to come in? Uh, could the, the, be. The major cities to come in because they haven't called it yet. Yeah, could be. With 71%. So that's what we have. And it's only a, 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 it's a low number of delegates. So even if you look at this, it looks like Bernie may come away with one more delegate, maybe. Right. Right now it's five each. It's five each. Yeah. So it could be six, four maybe when all the counts are in, but it's not going to be a, a big mover. For either one of them. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, I was just thinking as I was getting a just a glass of water out there, and, and I saw we've got the posters all over work, you know, coronavirus, mm-hmm. flu, cold, different symptoms, everything else. Anything you would need to know on one sheet Yeah, is what they have posted up around the, the building. And as I was reading it, I realized I have not had the flu mm-hmm. in... Uh, 26 years. I had it four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I had it, um, in January, but I tested negative. Uh, I, I remember I had, uh, laryngitis, but it wasn't related to a cold. I just had, must have got mm-hmm. some kind of a f- infection. I remember coming in one night, remember I had the mm-hmm. laryngitis, but it mm-hmm. wasn't related to a cold. Mm-hmm. It was just that I was no lung problem. And, and I was I, told, and, and I don't think it, it, it it is necessarily our profession because we use our voice a lot, but I was told by my doctor that sometimes a virus just attacks your vocal cords. Yeah. And you don't have, and you're not sick otherwise. That happened to me 
Um, and it's happened several times over the years. I got off the air one morning and I, I go, uh, to the store, right? I was doing some, just pick up a couple of things at a 24 hour store. And by the time I got home, so it was probably a 30, 45 minute span. My voice was gone completely, just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my doctor said, yeah, it, it happens. It'll, it'll just attack your, your vocal cords and it, it might start there, uh, or end up there, but you know, it just, it's, it's a viral thing. Yeah. And I, I don't remember, I don't remember the last time I had a cold. Now, like you, you and I have allergies. I, I know when it's a bad pollution day, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my allergies act up all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as for, you know, flu and cold, no, but that's when you live a completely, when, when you decide, when you, uh, uh, self isolate yourself, we talk about self quarantine. Yeah. yeah. You, you, when your lifestyle is basically a self quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm exaggerating just a little bit, but no, I just, I find myself blessed. It was funny because I remember a couple of years ago, I was in the doctor. He said, well, have you had the flu lately? And I said, well, I've had some upset stomach and, you know, here or there, and he goes, "No, the flu." Because mm-hmm. if you have the flu, you know it. Oh yeah, when you, I when I had it you, four or five years ago, again, that's that's what I thought. Uh, you know, several weeks ago that I had it, um, and it turned out it was it was not the flu. The the um, the time that I had it four or five years ago, and I hadn't had it probably since I was a kid. I mean, it was it was full on. I mean, it was major for me and, and went to my lungs. I'd walk, it got walking pneumonia out of it. And I mean, I was just, I'd never felt anything like it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't realize how serious the flu actually is if, if you get it really bad. Mm-hmm. And I got it bad. I mean, it was just, I was completely and totally incapacitated for like a week. Mm. So yeah. I just, I count my blessings. <laughs> count my blessings. Uh-huh. I'll take the allergies, even though they really can be a pain, can't they? Yeah, they allergies can. really can be a pain. It's like just go away. It's because they never, it never goes away. <laughs> it's it's always hanging there. All right, your calls and comments. We got Dave, Dean, Adam, Dave, and more. Your calls and comments coming up following the bottom of the hour. If you would like to get in, we would love to hear from you. Talking about uh, the uh, primaries uh, last night. Talking about Joe Biden. Now that you know he's the front runner without question. I don't see a path. Last we checked, because it's frozen now uh, with Nate Silver's five thirty-eight. He doesn't see a path. No, and, and right before he froze it, and this would have been yesterday morning. Right before he froze it, um, he he upped the delegate count for Biden to over twenty-four hundred by the time they get to convention. Yeah. So, so. It, it there's there's really not a path for Bernie. No. And and so the the focus now is on Biden, and you and I were talking about this uh, off the air. Uh, and people said, "Well, you know, Biden's been vetted." Yeah. Not, no, not in a not in a general presidential election. Here's your forecast. There's a slight risk of excessive rainfall for parts of Southern California into Wednesday morning and over central Arizona Wednesday into Thursday morning. Rain and high mountain snow will increase as a cold front approaches the California coast, mainly for the southern half of the state. A frontal boundary is moving into the lower Mississippi Valley and southern plains and then to the east coast, bringing rain from the central Gulf Coast, Tennessee Valley, Ohio Valley, 
Valley and into the Great Lakes. Mixed precipitation is likely over northern Maine. Rain elsewhere for most of the northeast. Temperatures will be above average ahead of the front with 60s and 70s being widespread. To recap, snow and colder air could move into parts of the west and plains by later this week. Temperatures will be above average in the east throughout the week ahead and we could see a colder west and mild east through the middle of the month. There's your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm Christopher Cruz. Your forecast is brought to you by the TruckSmart mobile app from Travel Centers of America. Download TruckSmart today to get what you need when you need it. know what the topic is it's all on you red <laughs> eye yeah. radio and he is eric carley and i'm gary mcnamara 86690 red eye let's head back to your calls and uh, comments about everything because mm-hmm. that's what we by the time we get two and a half hours into the show we basically talked about everything we have so, dave in lexington kentucky dave welcome you're on red eye radio welcome to the show hi hey guys thanks for having me on you bet you're welcome uh so we've been watching, you know, we've been watching all of these Democratic candidates drop out, right? And they're, all their delegates and, and supporters are siphoning right where they thought we were going to, uh, which is the Biden. Um, and I, I'm watching this, and I'm, and I'm realizing this past decade, uh, this, this has been the decade for the maverick, right? You have people like Bernie Sanders, who's Democrat, or, you know, a Democrat, but not really a Democrat. You have people like uh, Trump, who's a Republican, but not really a Republican. Ron Paul, Republican, but not really a Republican. And they're getting a lot of traction uh, being in the middle of these, you know, in these debates, uh, but representing different ideals. Um, I think it's about time, you know, somebody takes a, a movement person, you know, like these candidates and puts them in the independent party. Uh, you've had people in the past like Gary Johnson, who, in my opinion, fell flat on his face in half of his public appearances. But that guy pulled traction, you know, with without any of the support, you know, support that uh, some of these other guys have. Um, somebody like a Bernie Sanders in that uh, independent party, you know, representing uh, a third option. You know, a lot of these uh, supporters on either side of the aisle right now are starting to realize mm, this is a little extreme for me either way. Uh, and I think this would be if, if I was looking to make a ticket for next election, that's something I'd be considering. Well, if, you know, you can always, third parties have been tried, they haven't worked. Major third right. parties then, haven't, in my major, mind, the, the, the closest, you know, the, probably the closest that you got would have been um, Ross, R- Perot. Ross Perot. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's and going Ross Perot had, had a movement of its own. Uh, yeah, but it was still, and, in my mind, is very vanilla compared to you know, today and age. You know, you have people like, you know, Bernie and, and Trump who have such such strong personalities that I feel somebody like Ross Perot wasn't, you know, wasn't pulling that same kind of energy. Um, well, I yeah, he, he, I, I, I remember. Different. I remember because I became a, that's when I became a talk show host. There were tons of energy. In fact, if he hadn't dropped out and then got back in, he might have been president. Because he was leading at that time when he pulled out. He was leading in the polls. You don't see independents leading in the polls. Again, it was a different time and a different type of, but but the energy was still there. 
Mm-hmm. There was energy for Ross Perot. It was definitely a movement. I mean, it, w- it was a, a movement like I have not seen in my lifetime from an independent candidate. As for now, though, you know, when you, you see, you know, it depends who the Maverick is. If, you know, some Mavericks lose. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and and uh, as we all know, <laughs> you know, we, we all know the Maverick I'm talking about. Yeah. That was his nickname, the Maverick. Right. Uh, but... Uh, uh, when you look at it, a Bernie Sanders is just going to split the Democrat Party and ensure that Trump win. And any split right now would be the far left. I don't know where the other I don't know where the other split is, except for the far left right now, based on where the ideologies lie in this country. Right. There isn't enough to have a there isn't. I wish there was, by the way. I wish there was a movement that was more conservative, but there isn't. Mm-hmm. I wish there was because I probably would be supporting that movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And saying this is a good movement to have in this country mm-hmm. because Republicans have moved further to the left, especially on fiscal issues. Mm-hmm. The budget doesn't matter to Republicans anymore. It doesn't matter to the Republican Party. Right. To some conservatives, and to you it might. But to the Republican Party, massive change. in, in the, One thing that we... Eric and I both have have seen uh, myself now. Uh, this is uh, my thirty first year of talk radio, and it was huge back then. The budget, by the way, part of the reason that Ross Perot was was pulled the support for an independent party is because he was talking about balancing the budget. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that hurt him when he said fifty cent. Think about this. This is thirty years ago. Fifty cent a gallon. <laughs> gasoline tax to pay off the yeah, deficit right could you imagine somebody saying that today oh man <laughs> but he I, you I mean, can't even talk 10 cents a gallon <laughs> well you you can if you're in virginia, virginia and you and you make the case because you're a democrat and you believe the people that vote for you are just idiots mm-hmm. uh you and te- you think and you believe saying uh this will give you more home time with right. your family right is a good thing yeah right mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna raise the gasoline tax it's gonna make it so you can't afford to drive as much anymore but that's a good thing because you can then spend it with your family mm-hmm. uh <laughs> i perot wasn't selling it that way i'll tell you that no he was saying no we need to sacrifice to stop the debt yeah he right. was extremely blunt that way mm-hmm. uh so i, I the only I wish there was a conservative movement. The Never Trumpers aren't it. Because the Never Trumpers, here's the thing about the Never Trumpers. They claim that they're more conservative. And they talk like liberals. But they talk like liberals and they say the option to Trump is somebody who is much more liberal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Remember the whole I'm with her thing in 2016? Yeah. By conservatives? Mm -hmm. Well, you're a liberal. So that's the point. They don't even want to go... Uh, that way, so the movement is not more conservative. The only movement that exists that could become it would still be a minority party, but would exist and split the Democrat Party would be the far left because that's where the Democrat Party has gone. And I don't know the 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 people that because there's there's really two movements in the Democrat Party the way that I see it. There's the far left that wants to promote socialism, communism, and there's the other group that believes in socialism, communism to a different degree. Some are just socialists. Some are just gimmeists who are now coming to the realization that if you're going to be a gimmeist, you have to have 
the takeism mentality also mm-hmm. in order to get socialism. But the fact is they do believe, depending, and it's a wide scale of gimmeism to socialism, communism, but we can't promote it. We can't promote the fact right. that we're socialist communists. We need to do it incrementally. Inside the actual party, that's what exists in there. The far left that wants to promote it, that was what you saw from Bernie Sanders a couple of weeks ago. Everything sucks. It's always sucked. We need to change business. We need to change the Constitution. The country is garbage. Business is garbage. Industry is garbage. We need a group of people up there that can direct what our society should be. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty blunt at it. AOC is pretty blunt at it. That's what the Green New Deal is. Mm -hmm. We, the elite, decide what kind of country we have. And then you have a bunch of gimmies all the way up to socialist communists that say, well, okay, we may sympathize with you in a lot of what you believe. Some may reject it, but not loud in rejecting it. But the, the rest are just, okay, we sympathize with you, but we can't be promoting it that way. Everything needs to be done incrementally. And that's where I believe the split is in the Democrats right now. Mm-hmm. How you come to a major political party by splitting that, I don't see. All right. All you're going to do is, if you do that, and who knows, they might, you would ensure a Republican Party that has moderated over the years and moved to the left over the years probably become the dominant party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. But then, hey, I thought, you know, early in my uh, political punditry, I I picked Nixon over Kennedy. So what do I know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom tells you that. Who do you think won? Eh, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, By the way, if, just so people know, Kennedy won that election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know the. Uh, what's interesting here is that again, this goes back to the mentality of of the American people as a whole, and what you can and can't get away with. And once you start giving. You can't take it back. You can't roll it back. This president came in, uh, remember his first skinny budget? He's going to cut the EPA by 31%. Now, we knew that wasn't going to happen. But you can't cut anything. You can't cut, actually cut anything. Try and reduce the rate of spending growth. And and you'll get lambasted. It's not going to happen. There's one time that the Republicans were temporarily successful and that was welfare reform but that didn't last that was only slowing the roll that was a pause button you're not you're not going to do that you're not going to reduce the rate of spending in 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 these large bloated programs because people won't let you get away with it also talking the coronavirus let's head to you we go to pete in florida pete welcome you're on red eye radio welcome to the show hi man it's a Really exciting to talk to you guys. I've Thanks. listened to you. You're so informative. It's incredible. Thank you. I would like to talk about the politics, but the virus, I, I fly a corporate jet, a Gulfstream jet, which is a you know, large corporate jet. Mm-hmm. And these jets are basically $50, $60 million, and they're geared for five, six, seven thousand 7,000 miles. And I feel that not being able to go to Europe, not being able to go to Asia, Maybe you think you want to go somewhere, and then all of a sudden it closes down the border. I just think that the, you know, 
those airplanes are going to be parked. So we're in for a long haul. And I don't know, I just, for your opinion, what do you think about that? And also, how are we going to determine that, okay, we can open up everything again? That's, that's what I'm thinking. I just think that we're going to be flying around America with our planes and not going out of the country. I mean, I flew a concert group, I don't know if I should give their name, a year ago to, um, um, not Brazil, but... Um, uh, yeah, give us their name. <laughs> who we, was it? We, we want to know who it, it was. Is, it is Coldplay. Okay. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah. All right, sure. But, you know, that stuff's all going to come to a stop. And, I, you know, yeah. I just want to know how you feel about it, and I just think we're in for a, a long haul. And like I say, you park those kind of airplanes. I don't know what you know where we're going to go from that. Yeah, I don't. And, uh, I, I, I don't know where the comeback is, Pete. I don't know when people start making the call. Um, it would. I think it would come from market confidence. Uh, you would have to see greater confidence that Asia and Europe have their situation under control. But again, I I don't know what that you know that first step is. And I think that's what you're seeing in the markets right now. Now, so. I do have to, I have to ask one question. Did you ask Chris Martin about the fact of climate change and that he was on a private jet or anything? I have to ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> All I saw was his guitar on the back seat. We weren't allowed to talk to them or get autographs. Oh, I've blown uh, a, lot of those, a lot of those people in my career. And, yeah, cool. um, I know. I, d- I just I want to ask you one. I just wanted to Go bring ahead. up a, one thing to you. The 737 Maxes that have the problem. Yes. I just want to bring to your attention the crews that they had on those airplanes. Mm. You know, airplanes really don't hurt you. It's usually the pilots. And um, I never claim that I'm better than anybody else. But if you look at the captain, had twenty. he was 29. The co-pilot had 300 hours. That mm. plane has a good chance of crashing no matter what's going to happen. Mm. But if you read the article on it, they were at max power for the entire eight and a half minutes, and they're riding around like a Bronco. Just come back, but it's not enough experience, and you know I don't want to dwell on that. Yeah, we're just, and we're just running out of time. But Pete, yeah. th- thanks Thank so you. much. We appreciate your uh, on, input. Thank on the you know, on international travel, I understand, but the medical community usually knows when because you would talk to the one uh, doctor who said they sort of know when it goes off the cliff. If it doesn't mutate, it yeah, goes off the cliff, and right, then you see right. that the, there are there are fewer cases of it. And at that point, they sort of figure out when, when it's moved on to when it's moved on, or when it's mm-hmm. uh, hibernating, or whatever. When you, when you, you don't say. have when you don't have as many cases, right? You know, in a certain area, and th- those cases start to lower, then you might start to see that happen. But again, abundance of precaution is 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 the whole uh, game right now. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. More of your calls coming up following uh, the top of the hour, plus the latest in the results from Super Tuesday 2.0, as they're uh, uh, calling it. 
uh, from what we know right now, uh, Joe Biden uh, taking four of the states, taking the vast majority of the delegates, even uh, if uh, Sanders wins uh, North Dakota, there aren't many delegates there. Yeah, um, you and I were looking at Washington State, where it's very close. Um, Bernie should have done better. You look at King County, Mm -hmm. Seattle, and you look at the median age of King County is 36 years old. Bernie should have done better. I really wonder what the uh, electorate turnout was for Bernie under the age of 30 in King County alone. That should have been a Bernie, a huge win. And it's it's close. It's, it's very close in King County. Again, all the votes aren't in just yet. But you look at the demographic breakdown, and that should have been a, a big one for Bernie. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.